Do you also struggle with the cold winter months? Do you feel tired, unmotivated, sad? Maybe what you're experiencing is winter blues or winter depression. In this episode, we will discuss seasonal changes and how they may affect women more. Michael will take a closer look at daylight savings and I am going to find out what makes Scandinavian countries so happy and what is their recipe for surviving a harsh winter. A warm welcome to the eighth episode of A Couple To Go. Welcome back to our podcast. It uh, has been a while. <laughs> again. <laughs> again. <laughs> We're feeling fairly inconsistent with our podcast, I feel. Anyway, to jump right into the topic, uh, this winter is kind of Natalia's first real winter in Canada. She was here before, but it was like, I, th I think you went back to your, like in, in, in Slovakia for Christmas or... Anyway, it's the first one you're... you're it's my it's, first January in uh, Canada. <laughs> and January is the worst month. Yeah, we it, had uh, this week, it was minus 35 degrees Celsius. Yeah, we have one, one, one or two of those uh, every year. January, February is usually... They, like these are technically considered the coldest month. December is usually pretty mild, but January, February is the one you usually want to go. Like you it's know, cold on and it's dark. I feel like it's so much darker here than in Slovakia. Mm -hmm. I feel like in Slovakia we have much more not necessarily sunny days, but clearer skies. Mm. Like here, it's it's just full of clouds. Like there's no blue in the sky. It's just white and dark <laughs> and. <laughs> If you want to have a white Christmas season, come to Canada. Everything is white. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but after that, it gets depressing. And that's exactly <laughs> the topic of this podcast. Yay, transition. Today we are talking about winter depression or winter blues or... Seasonal affective disorder. Which is the more technical term for it. Um, so seasonal affective disorder is technically defined by uh, a seasonal depression... Uh, that is a mood disorder that happens every year around the same time. Funny fact, there's also a very rare form of uh, this disorder that's called the summer depression. Oh yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that uh, basically starts at the opposite time of the year and people get depressed during summer, which sounds weird, but apparently is a thing. Hey, um, mental health is just so under-researched. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like more things like this come up that you wouldn't think right away could affect people. That is fair. Maybe, uh, I don't know, your, your sister likes winter so much. <laughs> <Do> you, think <laughs> you think my sister has summer depression? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never seen her in summer. So. Or I did, but not at the beginning of summer. Oh, she likes summer. She just hates the hot temperatures and the, the overall like heating up. Summer in our childhood was different than summer now. Now, like, the heat waves are much mm. more intense, so I kind of understand. But she always used to love winter. I feel like I loved winter as a kid, mm -hmm. but I kind of grew out of that. <laughs> I feel like winter is fun when you're a kid, you know? You go sliding with your friends, you kind of hang out outside, you have, like, all these big clothings that... And I don't know, I, I don't remember getting cold really when i was a kid oh that i hated already when i was a kid already as a kid i hated this part about winter layering i fucking hate <laughs> layering because it just feels so constricting i don't feel free i don't feel like i can move properly that's true i, I remember having multiple layers outside playing in the snow and then you fall on your back or like you're under a pile of snow and then you're trying to move and you're like you feel constricted 
Yeah, you can connect it. Plus, it takes forever to get ready. I can't just throw some, something over and get outside the house. I have to go layer and layer and layer <laughs> and jacket and hat and gloves. <laughs> you, plan, you plan when you go play. <laughs> so, are we uh, are we gonna roll this today? What are you? Uh, what are your topics? Oh, so uh, I. Uh, looked into Scandinavian countries and why the heck <laughs> they are uh, considered and according to studies actually one of the uh, the happiest countries in the world even though they are freaking cold and uh, experience the most harsh and long winters. <laughs> okay. So I looked into that and you? Uh, I mean, I went more in the angle of like uh, the time of day, the, the 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 sun affecting the mood and the daylight saving time. Um, kind of diving into this. And fun fact, I realized that we could probably do a whole episode on daylight saving time. So I'm gonna try to keep it as, <laughs> as like <laughs> as on the topic as possible. But let's just say there's a lot to say about daylight saving time. That's how these podcasts end up being an hour long because we're like, <laughs> oh yeah, we can just talk about this for like uh, a few minutes. It's gonna be fine, and then we actually start researching more, and <laughs> we. Yeah. Find Find out that there is so much more to literally everything. <laughs> yep. Well, today we don't really have a full hour. <laughs> so let's, yeah, uh, we are on a little time limit because Michael's mom is supposed to come over. And um, as with it is with older people, uh, they can come over earlier. And yeah. you never know when they're going to arrive, actually. <laughs> That's the thing about winter in Canada. Like, there's snow everywhere. So it's a, the roads are a bit un- unpredictable. So, you know, when people are mildly responsible, I guess, or they want to get there absolutely on time, they usually leave a bit early, so sometimes they arrive early in the winter. No, this is a thing also during summer. It's <laughs> your mom, my grandparents, it's, um, I don't know if you can relate, but I feel like it's like a thing with older people. <laughs> All right, so do you want to start? Actually, I thought you could start because I want to end this podcast on something uplifting and something nice and positive. And, okay, sure. Um, that's basically my topic, so Yeah, sounds go. good. So, um, daylight saving time is actually a very controversial topic. Um, a lot of people, like, it, it's not universal, right? There's countries uh, that have daylight saving time and there's countries that don't. And oh, even- actually, I didn't know about... Oh, wait, maybe, yeah. And it's different also. It's like not the same uh, dates for every country because yeah. I, when I was when I was in yeah, uh, but, in a- but basically between our, our two countries, it's different. In Canada and in Slovakia, it's like a week apart. Yeah, but it's significantly more different when I was in South Korea and Japan. I don't remember exactly, but okay. I think it's like a month difference. Mm. Yeah, because uh, basically, some like t- countries that are closer to the equator usually tend to not have daylight saving time because they don't see as much as a variation in the day length as we do in the northern hemisphere. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, and then there's countries like Australia that half of the country has daylight saving time and half of the country doesn't, or something. What? <laughs> so daylight saving time is a very controversial topic. Not everyone uh, like adopted it, and. Uh, it's been, like, some people even call it a social experiment. Uh, yeah, I, ca- I kind of honestly think so, too. Like, I understand why it was implemented in the beginning, but um, nowadays I find it a bit unnecessary. Well, the first person that ever, re- like, in recorded, I guess, history that ever published about the topic was actually Benjamin Franklin oh, wow. as a satirical piece in the Journal of Paris. <laughs> Jeanette of Paris. Wait, so he, he published it like as a joke? <laughs> yeah, because basically he, he, he did a paper on... Um, the, it was around the economy of candles. Okay. How changing or moving the, 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 the start, the time of the day or whatever would affect the usage of candles. Because if you adapt your day more towards 
like you know having as much sun as possible in the usual waking working hours mm -hmm. you don't need to use as much candles at night so yeah. he, so his piece actually in his piece he actually calculated the amount of candles that you know cities would save or whatever if they moved time of day like mm -hmm. during the year which is funny uh and then you know multiple people started talking more and more about it but the first place in the world that actually adopted daylight saving time was actually uh here in canada It was at Port Arthur in Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, so they started using daylight saving time in 1960. Uh, no, sorry, in 1908. And then in 1916, uh, the German Empire and uh, Austria-Hungary then started uh, adopting the daylight saving time. And then it slowly rolled out. And different countries adopted it for different reasons. Oh, that's interesting. Austria-Hungary, that's Slovakia. Uh, yeah. At that time. Yeah. So we might have had daylight savings before. Before everyone else. <laughs> oh wow yeah so slovakia was one of the first in something <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah different countries adopted it uh for different reasons but apparently like some of the motivators were uh war uh energy crisis in the 70s like different reason and uh so to come back more towards the the winter depression topic Studies have suggested that daylight saving time actually has an impact on uh, the winter depression. So winter depression would uh, happen in certain individual. It's not everyone that's affected by uh, winter depression. Um, but basically the way it works is that in some people, they're more affected by sunlight. So the amount of sunlight you ingest, I guess, <laughs> you're exposed to in a day yeah, basically uh, like weather overall affects people differently like some people are not as much affected yeah, by weather I, I, I guess when like... it comes to like seasonal fluctuation it's more like every day you know mm -hmm. weather like it can be a few days of rain and then mm -hmm. it passes right but then when it comes to season the It's, it's like a build something up. that yeah it builds up that's the thing yeah i feel like because that's the thing i feel like for me because yeah. i am highly affected by weather changes mm -hmm. like my mood my energy levels all this yeah weather highly affects it and i feel like during winter um because there is so little sunlight because mm -hmm. the days are shorter because it's cold and i hate <laughs> the cold yeah all of this like it affects me mm-hmm Well, basically, the way it impacts your system is that we all have a, circa a circadian rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. the, 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 we have this internal clock in our body that tells us when to wake up, when to go to when to get tired, and when to go to sleep. And basically, our body uses sunlight or daylight to you know, set the time for our internal clock. And when the nights become longer or they arrive earlier, it kind of messes up with our internal clock and our body like gets weird and then we start sleeping worse and then we start uh, waking more during the night or we mm. wake earlier or we can't go to sleep as much we have worse sleep and uh, that's what would kind of like um, snowball into like this seasonal mood disorder and it's like it's just an accumulation of like well like still being predisposed oh, shit. yeah exactly. <laughs> well it's just being predisposed to like this studies have found that The way um, daylight saving time affects this is that when we get to those winter months, what that does is that for those those people that are already sensitive to um, changes to in changes in their yeah. circadian rhythm, it's basically like a punch in the face. Yeah, like it, oh, your body just adapted to throw back again. Well, yeah, and, and it's literally for some people, it's it's literally like oh, you normally start working at seven or eight in the morning, and then suddenly you start working at six in the morning, mm -hmm. and then your body's not 
like it, it, your body doesn't have like a slow amount of time to adapt basically, to this. Basically, so okay, so basically to sum up, for people that are their circadian rhythms are more sensitive to changes. Yeah. This has a harder tool on them. Yeah, it's basically a slap in the face, right? It's yeah. just, it, it shakes the, the system. Like it's a rough have... one hour. Instead of like slowly changing to like, you know, depending on the sunlight, mm-hmm. it's literally just a big change, one shot. Yeah, well, yeah, because the changes of length and hours during the day, they don't just happen overnight. Yeah, like exactly. They... It's like a minute every day or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. It's yeah. like. It's always like a little bit longer, a little bit longer, or a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter day by day. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's not like one hour difference. And it's interesting how one hour, it doesn't seem like much, but to yeah. our bodies it does. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm not sure 100% anymore where I read this, uh, but I, I did look into like uh, seasonal affective disorder a bit too. I can't quote the source now. but <laughs> you told me something! I'm just kidding. Anyway, I uh, read somewhere that this this is also harder on people that have an overall longer inner clock, meaning that the inner clock on for the average person is mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. Yeah. But that's an average. So for some people, it's shorter than 24 hours. For some people, it's longer than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And that means um, that the people, um, especially those that it's longer than 24 hours, they feel like they're always falling behind and they don't fit into that 24 hours time of the day frame. Mm-hmm. It correlates uh, often. Um, those people are then also often um, night owls. They uh, require longer sleep, for example. Uh, they overall already have problems with like with getting up in the morning. <laughs> so when there's also then darkness happening, that throws those people even more off and I'm, for example, one of those people. (laughs) Um, So for me, uh, when daylight saving happens, like, I need a good significant amount of days to adapt. Like, I can't adapt right away the next day to it. And I feel like the older I get, the worse this gets, too. (laughs) I feel like when I was younger, this wasn't such an issue. To finish up with the daylight saving time, um, I found the I also found a, a non-scientific piece uh, of a woman in university in the United States, and she was describing that for her daylight saving time was also like a, she was seeing it as a, an health issue. It, and it is true that daylight saving time is more attributed to a lot of different issues, like in terms of health. Like we see, it, it, we see more. Let's say, for example, we see more accidents on the day of daylight saving times. There's more work accidents. Oh, really? Yeah. Then, but that we can touch more on our episode on daylight saving time. That. Honey, we're not gonna do an episode on daylight saving time. <laughs> Who's gonna listen to this? There's so much information. There's been a whole debate ever since it was implemented. There's like, it's insane. Anyway. And what that girl was basically saying is that every time there was a daylight saving time happening or a change in time that was like an hour long and that would influence when the day, the night would come, uh, she, she was saying that she had to plan in order to be safe outside because she lived on a university campus and she was saying that on their way home, there's not always well-lit pathways and that for her, basically getting home before sunset was, you know, safe. And that if she didn't account for daylight saving time, she would sometimes get, you know, caught off guard. And then she would have to, like, walk home in the dark. And it was, and she felt like she was less safe, like it was more dangerous. Mm. 
Yeah. It's, you know, it's nothing, nothing scientific, but it's an interesting, like, approach and tidbits to about daylight saving time as well. You know what? Why this isn't scientific? Because if more women would be in research, this would have been already studied on. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, probably. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that kind of closes it for the light saving yeah, but related to. Uh... Yeah, I can completely relate. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense, right? It makes sense that if you if if you don't see it coming, and obviously, like walking outside in the dark, it's not always it's not ideal. It's yeah, but not... this whole walking outside in the dark thing, like in Slovakia, we had also like a big discussion about uh, sexual harassment recently. Uh, the police officially recommended women to not walk outside after dark. That's just so... In winter. <coughs> yeah. That's... In winter. <laughs> that's just impossible. That's impossible, not just for working people, but for students too. <laughs> it's so silly too when you think about it. It's like, oh, to, to protect women. Oh, don't expose yourself to people outside. It's like, how does that make any... Like, it's stupid. It's so stupid. It's... Imagine they would have implemented a lockdown only for men. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, if, if for if, for unvaccinated people and men. <laughs> well, to be fair, if the reason women are in danger outside are are men, then yes, men should be the one with the curfew because they're the irresponsible ones here. That's what you do with kids. You give them a you give them a curfew, a sleep time, because they have to... <laughs> a statewide sleep time for men that's earlier than for women, <laughs> so they don't harass and assault. <laughs> exactly. And, wow. You think maybe yeah. want to harass people? Go to bed instead. <laughs> no, but yeah, for sure. Uh, we're drifting to a different topic, but yeah, it's uh, even even in this, like it's all related. Like you know, and this just shows how the fact that women have to fear for their safety twenty four seven affects literally everything, mm-hmm. including things like daylight savings. Yeah, and that woman that you read, even though it's not a scientific study. Like, her experience that you read about, I can already now guarantee you that the female listeners of this podcast, that there's going to be a big percentage that agree. Yeah. Or that... Or can relate. Or it, can yeah. relate and yeah. um, have experienced something in, mm-hmm. like something similar or yeah. have at least thought about that or will now think about it. Yeah. Okay, before we uh, venture into even more depressing territory, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's maybe look into how we can solve this issue of winter depression seasonal seasonal affective disorder etc let's talk about our neighbors you're kind of our neighbors just far away how how are scandinavian countries neighbors to canada there's canada there's water and then there's them it's not that far (laughs) it's literally the same logic saying that europe is our neighbor because there's canada there's water and then there's europe yeah (laughs) <laughs> hey, we're all a big family on this planet, okay? Trying to find other neighbors than the United States as badly as you can. Please. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Not to shit on the United States um, too much. Because, like, yes, there is many reasons why uh, we could shit on them. But um, on the government and the system, not on the people living there. Because... Um, they're not 100% responsible, but... Um, like everywhere. There's good people, there's bad people. No, but it, it is it is um, very weird to have basically one neighboring country. Like in Slovakia, I when I used to live in Slovakia, I had so many different countries that would neighbor my country. Mm-hmm. And here it's just the states. Yep, exactly. I know it's uh, definitely a different reality. Okay, so our friends in Scandinavia, what do they do differently to be happy during those 
gloomy days? So, first of all, uh, according to happiness research, with, uh, that's actually a field of research. There is mm -hmm. a happiness research institute in Denmark, in Copenhagen. That must be a really fun place to work at. Oh, well, they literally research happiness, so that that's very interesting. Exactly. It was I mean, really a bad pun. Look, happiness is something that people look for and that's like something a general goal that people want to achieve that not just people want to achieve that whole countries want to achieve so yeah it makes sense and um in all those happiness research the countries that are long time ranking the highest are nordic countries like finland denmark iceland the netherlands norway sweden then also switzerland by the way ranks high and Austria, <laughs> which I'm mentioning because uh, we would eventually like to move to Vienna and I'm trying to sell Michael even more on that idea. <laughs> so Austria has a, has a higher happiness ranking than Canada. Does it now? <laughs> it does. Wow. I feel like that changes every year though. Like I see places, I see articles that say Canada, happiest place in the world, and then I see Austria, and then I see Oh yeah, well, Canada is like... Canada is also like in the highest rankings, oh, but it's under Austria and it's under Germany too, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, well, you guys have a lot of shiny things over there, so. What do you mean by shiny things? <laughs> like shiny palaces and castles. And, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we don't um, have so, yeah, so and, huge of that here. And as mentioned, Denmark is ranking uh, at the second highest place and the Happiness Research Institute is in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And I'm now going to be uh, quoting a lot from the book, the little book of Hygge. Hygge. <laughs> Hygge. Hygge. I hope I'm pronouncing this at least uh, half right. Uh, it's written by, uh, by Mike Wiking. Wiking. So, mm -hmm. so if you want to look into it, uh, I, started, I started listening to it as an audiobook. It's very interesting. I'm like halfway through. Okay. And Hygge is um, one of the reasons why Nordic countries are so happy. Okay. The whole concept of Hygge is basically kind of like the most similar in explanations to coziness. But it's not just coziness. It goes way beyond that. Mm -hmm. uh, when you Google Hygge, the definition of it... Um, it's explained as um, creating a warm atmosphere and enjoying good things in life with good people. Okay. Or literally in translation, uh, illuminating the Danish soul. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a bit uh, that's a bit much. Hygge is an important part of Danish culture all year round, but especially in those colder months of, of winter that are in length very mm -hmm. similar to Canada. Okay. Because in Canada here, uh, it, we don't have like all winter super, super cold, mm -hmm. but the winter months are longer than in Slovakia, for example. Like the colder, darker months okay. are longer and the summers are shorter. Mm -hmm. The concept of Hygge is something that also other countries have, but at least in the book he mentions that it's not culturally integrated as much, like not to that extent mm -hmm. as in Denmark okay. or in the countries like surrounding Denmark. Mm -hmm. In the book he was saying that um, Canadians apparently have something similar that he would um, he would compare Hygge more to homeliness then to coziness. Okay. So I wanted to ask you if... Uh, homeliness. If, yeah, if, if like homeliness 
is something that Canadians talk about a lot or like homeliness. Yeah, integrated in their culture. Homeliness. What what is that? The act of making your home very cozy and proper for winter? No, no, no. It's like not directly related to just like a physical home, hmm. but the feeling of homeliness. Like um you can be in a group of people and it feels famil- familiar and close and homely. Or you can, on your workplace, the atmosphere mm. of your workplace can be homely. Like, not corporate, but warm um, and homely and, like, family-like. I mean, yeah, I guess so. We, like, uh, even even within businesses here, usually people try to be, like, you know, family-ish. Like, I guess from what I've experienced so far, anyway. Um, either that or I've been very lucky with my, <laughs> with my work. But, uh I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really. I can't uh, pronounce myself on that. I, uh, I don't know. Okay. Well. Anyway, um, he mentions in the book a uh, Hugo manifesto. So, like the important aspects of a Hugo. Okay. So f- the first one is atmosphere. Um, the atmosphere should be uh, natural, warm, and mm-hmm. cozy, and this applies to that. This applies to like everything, mm-hmm. um, especially things like um, light, for example. Light is a very important uh, factor in the whole Hugo concept, and very important in in Denmark and um, Scandinavian countries mm-hmm. uh, because there's so little natural light mm-hmm. in winter. Yeah. It is important to create pleasant light sources that are artificial. Okay. And it's important to make those artificial light sources feel the least artificial possible. <laughs> so the light should be warm, like mm-hmm. low warm light. Like yellow, like a yellow light? Yeah, like mm-hmm. a yellow light. Um, candles are apparently very important. Okay. Um, Fireplaces. Fireplaces, yes, exactly. Now we're touching the Canadian homeliness. <laughs> Fireplaces, uh, more smaller light sources than like a big light on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, candles are going to be apparently a topic of, of this podcast because you mentioned before too. Um, according to studies, when you uh, ask Danes what they associate with Hygge, 85% of people will say candles. Really? I have a feeling if you ask Canadians about the homeliness, uh, home, home, homeliness uh, they're probably going to say fireplace. About 30% of Danish people uh, light candles every day. Really? And only uh, 4% say they don't uh, light them ever. Okay. That's like very low. Yeah. And uh, during winter consumption, the candle consumption during winter consumption during winter the candle consumption skyrockets, and Denmark is one of the most candle consuming countries uh, worldwide. Really, that's interesting. Within Europe, per head, mm-hmm. Denmark burns the most candles out okay. of like all European countries. And in Danish, um, the candlelight is called living light, which I find like beautiful. Can- it's candle- very romantic. Candles are called living light, basically, when you translate it word to word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, the candlelight is on the warmer spectrum, so it gives you automatically like a, a better feeling. And I think this is something everybody can relate to, or almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know a single person that feels bad when candles are lit, like, that associates bad feelings with candlelight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, it it, it, it makes things just nice and, and cozy and, yeah. 
it suits the soul. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one recipe to <laughs> that's one thing how to help with winter depression more candles <laughs> you know that's why i want to have a fireplace when, when we buy a house i want a fire i like fireplaces i like to make fires mm. uh, that taken out of context is, does not sound right <laughs> uh but important but it's important that those candles are not scented like um mm. Even the biggest producer of candles in Denmark, they don't mm -hmm. even produce the scented candles. Like, they don't even have it in their itinerary. Really? Okay. What is important, though, um, when you burn candles, you should afterwards um, you should afterwards let fresh air in the room. It's very important to air the room mm -hmm. because um, the thought of the fire... Mm -hmm. Like any fire, yeah. it, it emits microparticles in the air. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, uh, when you don't air the room, it's much more damaging than traffic or cigarettes. Really? Huh. So, yeah. Uh, light candles, <laughs> but then open the window. <laughs> but very important to get is not just um, light and warmth, but also uh, another part of the manifesto mentioned in the book mm -hmm. is presence. Okay. So meaning, especially when you spend time with others, um, don't distract yourself with your phone or work or whatever mm -hmm. to absorb the moment you are in. Yeah, to be in the moment. Yeah, to be in the moment too. Because there's, especially in, in nowadays life, there's so many distractions mm -hmm. and there's so many stimuli from outside like yeah. that rain down on you. Uh -huh. So to try to create like a presence. Okay. And to be in the moment. That makes sense. Then uh, the third part, uh, the third point is pleasure. Okay. <laughs> and pleasure in the form, not just, you know, I sexually. Like <laughs> but <laughs> pleasure also um, with overall things that make you happy. And a very important uh, part of pleasure in Hygge is good food. <laughs> good food. So sp spend a lot of time cooking. Good under candlelight. With people you <laughs> love. Um... And fun. very funny that uh, in the book uh, he points out like something specific when mm -hmm. it comes to food, mm -hmm. and that's candy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's something I thought that would make you happy. <laughs> I love it. See, that's why that's why I'm I'm always happy in the winter. I just eat sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well. Obviously, you also need to have like a healthy, you know, yeah. uh, diet and like have some other foods incorporated. But like you can allow yourself to eat more sweets and uh, sugary foods during winter. Like, you know, you can kind of balance it out a little bit more that with other seasons uh, throughout mm -hmm. the year. Like I, for myself, I see, for example, in summer, I'm not really a chocolate person in summer. Like I don't enjoy eating chocolate. I, I'd much rather eat fruits. But during winter, I, I love chocolate. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I love cake and, you know, all these things. Yeah. Like a hot chocolate in winter. Mm, amazing. I, I love it. Mm hmm so you know allow yourself to uh to have some pleasure also when it comes to when it comes to food and interestingly in this the countries with the highest consumption of confectionery so uh, according to this study they um they included sweets and chocolate okay uh, the countries that uh, consume the most are not even the united states <laughs> Uh, they sugar are, is in everything else in the United States. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, exactly because sugar is in literally everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, sugar consumption—that's that's where United States mm -hmm. ranks, but not necessarily with candy. Mm -hmm. So Germany is actually on the top here. 
Okay. And then uh, Russia is the second, the U- and the UK is uh, the third, then Turkey, and then United States. I was expecting Switzerland to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Um, but this is like, this study, uh, uh, you can find it on statista.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is chocolate and sweets, okay. so like candy, candy and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think when it comes to chocolate, specifically, Switzerland is higher. Interestingly, though, in these studies, cakes and, like, pastries and stuff weren't really included. Okay. So when you include also um, sweet uh, pastry, Mm -hmm. then Finland uh, is on the first place, followed by Denmark, Russia, and Sweden. Sweden. Okay, so sweet sweet cakes or sweet pastries are... uh... Yeah, so, um, you know, the pastry of, like, the Danish. (laughs) Yeah, the Danish, (laughs) Uh, it makes a bit more sense, I guess, now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so uh, on the, the fourth point is equality. Mm-hmm. Equality is a, an important part of Hygge. Not only in like gender equality or racial equality, but this applies also on a smaller scale um, in equality like uh, of distribution of tasks. So in families that like the tasks are distributed equally and also on events. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, having a dinner party where um, a host cooks like the dinner and like hosts others, mm-hmm. that is not considered hygge. Okay. What is considered hygge is like when everybody goes to it, to cooks together, prepares things together. Okay. That is considered hygge. That's cool. I like that actually. And uh, equality also in conversation, mm-hmm. that you don't have, like, one speaker and others listen, but you have, like, an equal exchange in the conversation. Okay. Super interesting. I don't know. I yeah, find this super uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, then, when it comes to conversation, <laughs> another point uh, in the manifesto is truth. So, um, trying to stay away from drama. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so having uh, conversations that are uh, less politically charged, mm-hmm. less just like fun, controversial, just, just have a fun time basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like trying to not pick fights yeah. and stuff. And yeah. obviously, you can't always avoid those topics. Mm-hmm. But you know, it makes sense that in countries where overall there is a better life quality, that people, you know tend to also it goes hand in hand like you have less conversation about social issue issues when you have a country that is socially better off yeah yeah at the end of the day like if you if there's no political issues or if you don't feel like you need to you know bash or talk shit about something yeah yeah but i to be honest i think that's one of the points i relate the most to i hate drama and i think like Like i for example i like to discuss political issues but um I think at least that I'm able to, at least when it comes to like family situations or something, mm-hmm. uh, sense the moment when it goes like too far and like, you know, and I need to stop or something. Mm-hmm. Like I can have a political discussion with you mm-hmm. without it um, turning into a fight. Like I'm I enjoy to have these conversations with you. Like this whole podcast is controversial <laughs> topics and political yeah, discussions yeah. and stuff. And I really enjoy our conversations. So, you know, I think it's also a question of like how you, how you manage the conversation Mm -hmm. and 
how you introduce the equality in the conversation. So you actually listen to the other person too. And, you know, mm. you see their views as equal and you give them also speaking time. Yeah. I mean, political conversations don't need to get dramatic, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Depends on how you approach yeah. it. You know, if you, if you mix the equality in there, and I think, I think even you can have also political discussion. It's not <laughs> turning into drama. Yeah. Okay, so another point is uh, gratitude. Be grateful for, for the things you have and... Uh, it goes hand in hand with like the presence thing too. Mm -hmm. That like um, you are grateful for like more little things during winter. Like you yeah. are more that people are, for example, more grateful for the little sunlight that they have. I think in general, like the little bit of perspective and being able to appreciate the little things is like does a very long way in terms of being yeah. happy every day. Like there's a you know there's a difference between being like overly happy like super excited and just being like happily content and i think being able to see a little bit of positive and everything every day just makes every day be nice you know instead of having good days and bad days it just every day is like i don't think you necessarily need to like see everything positive all the time because i think it's important yeah because i think it's important like when you have a bad day to also allow yourself to feel bad mm -hmm. Um, and allow, you know, those negative feelings and don't have feel like you have to overplay them and like forcefully be happy. Mm. But I, because I, gratitude doesn't equal happiness or happiness feeling no. to me. But like gratitude is more like, like I'm thankful for what I have. Like I'm thankful that outside it's freezing cold. I'm thankful to have a roof over my head, to have a warm apartment. I'm thankful to have good company in the form of you. Mm. I'm thankful to be able to call my family. I'm thankful for Skype and Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, then, okay, another point in the manifesto is harmony. That, you know, goes hand in hand with the truth thing and just yeah. but also you know creating a, 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 nice, a nice atmosphere you can play music or you know just having a harmonious atmosphere like when there is a conflict to resolve it and don't you know how we try to do things don't go to bed angry and stuff yeah. then uh, comfort try to make <laughs> the more uncomfortable months like physically the most comfortable mm -hmm. possible holiness like, yeah, homeliness, exactly, homeliness. Like, <laughs> if pillows are the way to go, then fucking have your house full of cozy pillows or Fireplace. whatever. <laughs> Fireplaces and pillows. Yeah, but like hot drinks, you know, and just mm -hmm. these things. Then um, two more things in the manifesto. One is togetherness. Okay. And togetherness, like, social relations relationships are uh, very important when it comes to happiness mm -hmm. actually the most reliable factor of measuring happiness is to look at how satisfied people are with their social life and social relations with other people that has been consistently proven to be like the best fa best factor how to see if people are happy okay and that doesn't you know mean that you have to have good relationships with your family sometimes mm -hmm. there's things you can't resolve yeah. but having other people around you that you have good relationships with or vice versa when you don't have you know necessarily many friends to mm -hmm. have good relationships with family or whatever and here it's very important um quality over quantity to have better relationships with like a smaller group of people instead of having like a 
fuck ton of friends. <laughs> yeah, better connections, just better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you can go into deeper relationship. Yeah. Then, yeah and it. this, I think, like especially now with the pandemic, right? This mm-hmm. has been difficult for people. Like oh, for obviously, sure. social distancing hasn't helped. So mm-hmm. I can completely understand. You know that um, more difficult to get together and yeah, yeah, that winter depression got worse. Yeah. Um, during during the COVID months, mm-hmm. but here comes also the technology advantage into play call your family call with your friends like to me for example for for me texting uh like chatting on messenger or whatsapp or whatever it doesn't have the same effect on my mental well-being mm-hmm. than having a video call conversation with oh, yeah, my sister for example same, right? you see emotions yeah. you see faces you see laughs yeah so yeah just um pick up that phone and call your family <laughs> And then the last point is uh, shelter. So um, um, having a having a in home where you mm. where you feel good in just safety, or like uh, yeah, well <clears throat> safety obviously too. Yeah, I mean like just a place where you can you can retreat. Yeah, a yeah. place where you can a place where you can um, retreat to. Yeah, mm. exactly. And. Um, you know, this is a thing that like that a lot of uh, people are like, oh, all these like decorations and whatever are um, are just like a waste of money. Like a lot of people see like decorations or like yeah, you know, trying to make your home look good as mm-hmm. like a waste. Yeah. But the the place you are in it affects your mood. So like mm-hmm. making making your little nest <laughs> uh, the best possible. Like it's it's important. Obviously, according to also the means to you have. Yeah. And um, here we come to uh, another thing that um, is a big factor why these countries rank so high. is like I, I already mentioned the, uh, the quality of life, right? Um, there is like several scientific uh, studies that back this up. After you have reached a basic level of needs... Mm-hmm. After a basic level of needs have been met, like food, shelter, financial stability, the only thing that actually increases happiness is your social life, not income. Like more money doesn't make you more happy, but Mm -hmm. having better relationships with people makes you more happy. Mm -hmm. And um, because we are social animals, we are... (laughs) People are mm-hmm. are not loners, and this applies for extroverts the same as for introverts. Like being an introvert doesn't mean that you don't want to be with people at all, yes. but that you value like close relationships with few people more yeah. over like hanging out in a yeah. big group. I mean, and been, then you need more long time into. It's been shown that like when you reach a certain level of income, like it, the more income you get, of course you can get like a bigger house or a better car or whatever, but like overall it doesn't have like that much of an impact on on your like life satisfaction or your happiness I guess. Yeah. yeah and overall like a good work-life balance is very important and that is something that scandinavian countries have achieved to have mm-hmm. better like that kind of like hustle culture or your boss calls you outside of work hours like that is much more less present uh much less present in in, in these countries mm-hmm. And that directly is linked to happiness too. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I mean, obviously, if you work like a job where you can't affect this, like that really sucks. Um, so when like you need pe- to, some people do enjoy that though. Like, I don't think it's a universal rule, but some people like to just work, work, and work. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is those workaholics too, but um, try to like find a good balance in your social life and 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 work. That's obviously important. Um, and there's activities mm-hmm. that make people like less happy. Like so, the least happy activities mm-hmm. are housework, <laughs> chores, <laughs> and commute to work. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. so um, having good public transport system, having less traffic is mm-hmm. actually also They're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And you know, this is something that in winter gets worse. In winter, you have more traffic jams due to, like, snow and bad weather and, and things like that. Like, you have more fallouts in, in public transport system. Yeah. The commute is worse because you commute during dark hours. So it makes sense that this affects your happiness as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to housework and chores, you know, I just can draw back to the equality factor. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You know, everybody or like most people, like there's people that love it, but most people hate hate it. So like, you know, don't dump all your chores or chores on your wife or um, think, female I think, partner. I, I think most people would like rather do something different than doing house chores. <laughs> but you know, when, when you do them together, for example, and when you have them yeah. equally distributed, it like mm-hmm. helps a lot. Give me a party. Give me a dance party. <laughs> and the last thing I want to touch today on um, and something that was affected by the pandemic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, is touch. Okay. So um, oxytocin is a very important hormone in our overall like happiness. Mm-hmm. It's called the cuddle or hug hormone, mm-hmm. and it's released um, through touch. Here, a thing that's interesting is that uh, you don't necessarily need to touch people. Okay. Animals have the same effect. So having a pet can help with winter depression or with COVID depression. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we got a COVID kitty. Because overall, like in winter, you, you know, you tend to be a bit less social. So I guess mm-hmm. you have less like touch interactions too. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but that makes sense. yeah. There's a reason why we like cuddles and touch animals. Yeah. So uh, cuddle up if possible. And uh, if you don't have a person, cuddle up to your pet or, <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't have a pet, what also can help, and I'm going to circle back and that's going to round up this podcast beautifully. Something that also releases oxytocin is warmth and fullness. <laughs> so good food, good food can release oxytocin. Good food. I'm not saying overeating. I'm not saying unhealthy overeating. I'm saying like cooking, having good food, having, you know... Mm-hmm. Taking the time. Taking the time, being surrounded with people, make make yourself uh, cozy and stuff. Yeah. So don't try to force yourself to love the cold and love the cold winter months, love snow. If you hate snow, if you hate the cold, uh, okay. tr- try to do all the <laughs> other things that uh, were mentioned in the manifesto. Try to make the cold months as cozy as possible. I think that's... Um, that's the lesson today. That's the that's the lesson today. <laughs> have a good work life balance. Have maybe a goal you can you can work towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. Uh, that's a that, good closing that, thought. I think. 
that rounds it up for this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming. I hope we, <laughs> we could uh, give you some nice thoughts and inspiration for yeah. a Hugo time. And I hope you have a homely home. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a, a Hugo winter and that <laughs> the daylight saving um, doesn't affect you as much. And if yes, what can actually help? A little tip at the end is a uh, is um was it was it called candles and good food yes but also um a, a day lamp no there's like these lights oh the light therapy or light like light therapy yeah. yes light therapy if light affects you a lot uh look into light therapy there's like home devices that you can install and you don't have to go to like therapy that centers necessary Okay, that's it for this podcast. <laughs> Have a beautiful rest of the day and we see you, hear you. Bye-bye. We hear each other. <laughs> Next time. Bye. Bye.